Okay, balls on the table time. I know what you're thinking, Kawe Army. Why do I need to get involved with Manscaped? Well, boys, it's not the 90s anymore. You don't want your nuts to be looking like Ivan Campo these days. You've got to give it a little tidy up. Makes it look bigger too. And Manscaped have just launched in the UK, so you can be among the first in the country to use their life-changing product. Sounds good, doesn't it? Needs to say, it's a delicate area down there. We all know that. One little nick and your boys are bleeding worse than big Terry Butcher's forehead back in the day. Luckily though, friends, Manscaped have redesigned the electric trimmer and perfected the greatest sack shaver of all time. Of all time! The new improved Lawnmower 3.0 just launched in the UK. It's got all sorts of cool features like a ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology and an LED light so you can see what you're doing down there. Very important. It's all more exciting than a poor compressor, isn't it? It's waterproof too, so no need to worry about pubes going everywhere and you get a USB charging dock with it as well. 90 minutes of battery life, boys. That's more than enough, unless, of course, you're Ipswich Town trying to score a goal. So, make your testes their besties, or to put it a different way, the KOA way, make your nuts look the nuts. And that's important when you're slapping them on a boardroom table to negotiate, KOA style. Get 20% off and free delivery with the code KOA at manscaped.com. Hello friends and welcome to another very special mini-pod edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast brought to you in association with Manscaped.com. I am Mark Heath, I'm your host. Ipswich Town are trending nationally in the UK as we speak. The names Downs, Dobra and Cook are all in the top 15 trending things on Twitter ahead of many other big, big noises. And the two gentlemen responsible for that join me now, Stuart Watson and Andy Hutch-Warren. Boys, Paul Cook said a few weeks ago he was going to be Demolition Man. We saw the start of that, a little bit powder puff on Monday when he, he cut about half of the out-of-contract players. But you boys have broken a story this morning, essentially, with him throwing a whole bunch of dynamite into the squad and telling pretty much everyone they can leave. Incredible stuff. Very, very interesting. Exciting. There's a lot to talk about, about around it. Hutchie, do you want to talk, first of all, just about the story itself? Yeah, so I think you've, you've kind of set the scene there, haven't you? We Paul Cook has called himself Demolition Man heading into the summer, and Monday was Monday always felt like that would be, for want of a better expression, de- Demolition Day. Um, we know Luke Chambers, Cole Skews left, Alan Judge and Stephen Ward went, then Freddie Sears, Emmy Hughes, Tristan Nydam, James Wilson after that. And, and then it, it maybe looked like it was a bit of a softer bit of a softer demolition than, than we were expecting but mon- Monday Monday was clearly a very very busy day at, at the training ground at Ipswich Town and, and our story is essentially saying that in, in those individual meetings in which a lot of those players were told they released were, were released some were told they were being kept on on their uh, their option years while others who are under contract for quite some time and, and would maybe surprise a few um, were told that they are they're being encouraged to go and find new clubs this summer and that that Paul Cook didn't necessarily have them in in their plans that in, that includes some players that would raise some eyebrows in in terms of highly rated youngsters that have come through the academy Andre Dezel, Luke Wolfenden among them Jack Lancaster Armando Dobra Flynn Downs and even even Teddy Bishop who who 
it was announced they had a contract extension triggered and then even beyond that potentially to to players where the club had actively um triggered contract offers um so that would be Caden Jackson um Toto Nciala Genoid Anassian potentially down the line among among them so yeah Monday Monday was a lot more than just a lot more than the, just the day some out of contract players were released it was the day that um that Paul Cook told his squad once and for all what what he thought of them and um and what the future will hold for a lot of them in a series of um brief brutally honest conversations which uh, which all kind of adds up to mean that the Ipswich Town team that came off the pitch against Fleetwood on Sunday is going to be completely unrecognizable when when we see one trot back onto it in um July and August mm. Stuart Watson, if I can bring you in here, this is um, blowing up of the squad in in no uncertain terms. Some big names been told they can leave. Do you want to talk a little bit around the story? I know we we can't really get too much into specifics, but um, what what do you want to say about it? Um, I think it's we've always talked about giving people a peek behind the curtain on on this podcast. I hope people appreciate that we can't show our full hand all of the time, and this is one of those occasions. Um, it's a story Andy and I have worked on for uh, a few days since Monday, spoken to a lot of good people, um, a lot of good sources. Uh, we, we do like to have different layers of verification to this. We've spoken to to a lot of people and it's not a story we've we've done lightly. Um, be interested to see what, what the reaction is from from the squad to uh, from within the club to to us publishing it. But we are we're uh, we are very confident that this is this is how things panned out on Monday. As, as Andy says, Paul Cook um, has told virtually the entire squad, um, "You can you can go and find yourself um, go and find yourself other clubs this summer." And um, we've seen his comments since he's arrived at the club. It's, um, for a man who says he's not going to chuck them under the bus, he's uh, he's called them not fit enough, fragile mentally. Uh, ramped it up and up and up to the stage where he was calling them almost Sunday league players who'd won a competition to, to play there. So he's decided that the hard reset is needed and that is up to everyone else to decide whether that is the nuclear option, as you've, <coughs> you've called it, Mark, is is too extreme or not. Um Whether this is a little bit of mind games from Cook, sort of telling players that, um, you know, if you think you're basically, if you think you're sort of too good for for this club for this level, and you think you, if you think you've got all these clubs lining up to go and get you, go on then. It might be a bit of a double bluff. Go and go and find them then, and then come back to me, and we'll see where we're at once preseason resumes. But I do think this is genuine that he would be quite happy to move all of these on and just build his own his own squad from scratch that fits his ideals. Um, yeah, whether whether that feels a bit too extreme or not, I don't know. Just a few weeks ago, I, it felt like the general consensus was been the lot of them from the fans, a bunch of losers. You know, the, a losing culture has been ingrained for some time. But then, when you kind of see and hear it in black and white, it suddenly feels quite extreme. And you're going, "Well, hang on a minute." You know, it didn't mean the whole lot of them. You could salvage some potential, especially the homegrown lads, the people like. Dazell and Downs and Wolfenden and Dobra, the ones that people maybe feel that emotional connection to as homegrown, feels a bit strange when you kind of see that. But um, it's going to make for a fascinating summer ahead, that's for sure. 
Absolutely. Uh, before we get into to what you think about it and the potential implications, excuse me. <laughs> he's, gone, he's, gone, he's gone full Paul Cook. I just went all uh, Paul Cook, didn't I? I'm a different man again now. Um, before we get into the, the ramifications and your thoughts on it and, and what it could mean and, and the potential impact going forward, I, I guess one question that, that people have having read the story, there's a lot of names in there. Um, you've mentioned most of them there, but people who aren't mentioned, the likes of Norwood and, and Kane Vincent Young, are we to believe that they are Okay, then what's what, what's the state of play with them, Hutchie? Um, I, I think it, it's probably important to stress that the, the players mentioned in that story are the ones we're we're rock solid on um, in terms of, of what we believe they've been told. Um, there are other players not mentioned in there that will have that will have been told similar and will be in a, a similar position. That's not to say that's not to say they've not been told that. Um, logic. If you look at if you look at it, log- logic to me would would maybe suggest that that Kane Vincent Young and James Norwood could be could be two that would have a role to play going forward. Possibly John Nolan as another. Um, but I, I think that's it. as far as I can see that that remains to be seen as well. It would also not it wouldn't completely shock me if they were ultimately come come August time in the, in the same position but um but yeah it's probably important to stress that in that story other other names that we're um we're rock solid on and and just to add as well it includes both the goalkeepers Thomas Holy and um and and Di Cornell so uh yeah there's a fairly lengthy list yeah i mean we haven't mentioned um Drynan or Hawkins in there for example just because we haven't been able to stand up those two names as part of this story but Given the the tone of our story, it would be uh, it would be a big shock if suddenly uh, Hawkins and Drynan have made the cut ahead of uh, others that are being uh, told to that, that that they can go. But um, yeah, the the names that are mentioned in the story are just <clears> the ones that we've been able to individually ascertain that that is that has actually been the case with them. But I mean, it it's the vast majority of the squad, that's for sure. Hutchie, what do you make of the likes of Downs? Dizelle, these are the, the crown jewels being told they can leave, essentially. Um, we're going to have to cough again, boy, excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. <laughs> the, the crown jewels being told they can leave. These are guys who have come up through the academy, have always been incredibly highly rated and seen as the future of the club. Um, and now they're being told they can leave. First of all, just to clear things up, there's no suggestion they're just going to be hoiked out the door. If they leave, they'll be sold for a fee. Um so just just to stress that, but what do you make of of that with those quality names of players at town? It's, it's huge, isn't it? It's a huge statement, um, and it and it's a huge it's a huge gamble. Um, but high risk can come with high reward. I would I would guess um, from and, and Paul. I don't think they've shown necessarily shown enough for Paul Cook to want to hang his hat. On these on these guys, I think we we all know that, and I think Paul Cook would probably know that they are individually capable of, of a bit of a bit more. Um, but I'm not sure they've shown Cook enough. I think that's probably what he would tell you that he's had. How many games did he have in the end? Seventeen, nineteen, something like that. Um, I'm not sure he would tell you that they've necessarily shown him enough to hang. A hat on. I, I cast back to um, to Cook's 
Cook's first press conference as Ipswich manager, I think he was asked by by somebody whether the club's academy was was a big draw to him um, in taking this job, and he very quickly answered no, um, no. So Paul Cook's about building a first team to win promotion from this division, and whilst I think people would disagree, I think I'd probably be one of them. I think these guys could certainly play a part in a promotion winning squad. Um, I think if, I think he would, he would tell you that they've not shown him enough to, to be part of his plans there. I think lots of people will disagree. I think I, I think I probably, probably do um, in mm. terms of them as, as individual players, but, um, but we're not I'd the ones building the team. Go. I, I would say that I'd be surprised if, if they all go. And I, I wonder if there might be a revision of this, that this might be a bit of a, like I say, a bit of a wake-up call to them to sort of maybe just bring some people down a peg or two. I mean, these players, we've talked, I mean, you, we've just said it there, we've all fallen into the trap of sort of highly rated young players, but, you know, and maybe that has sort of played into the culture that they've been in this Ipswich Town bubble from the age of eight, nine upwards, um, have had a lot of sort of hype from the town and the, and, and the fans around them as being players that can do X, Y and Z. But the reality is this is a club at its lowest ebb in its entire history, a club that's been relegated and just finished outside of the playoffs in League One twice. Those are facts. And these aren't kids anymore when we're talking about some of these guys. We're talking 22, 23, 24 years of age with with some of these now. So maybe Paul Cook has come in as an outsider and, and... Internally, he gets a lot of noises about, you know, these are these are great players, technically good, been linked to X, Y and Z. And it takes an outsider to come in and go, actually, you know, they, they need to, they're not, they're not as good as people have made them out to be. And they, maybe they need mm. to hear that. That I'm just talking hypothetically as how Paul Cook might see this. I'm not, I'm not saying for an instant, the way they've been told, I think has been quite extreme. Um, but you could argue that, Tough love was required. Um, you know, Paul, we go back to Paul Hurst coming in and he tried the tough love approach and tried to kind of raise standards in terms of fitness and calling people out on things. And they had him out the door pretty quickly, mm. Paul Hurst. And fast forward, what are we now, two years down the line, and we're still talking about similar issues. So um, you could argue, and I've argued this myself that it's time for the hard reset. We've tried the little soft reset of just trying to change a few bits around the edges that at some point you have to go for the hard reset and maybe call Paul Cook has uh, come in and decided that, that now is the time. But what that then leads us on to is, is will there be interest in these players at the value that Ipswich want? I think it's very hard now. You've, You've knocked the price down massively by making it pretty clear. Whether we had done this story or not, mm. the world of football would have known that, that you know agents will have known that they're being hoiked out. So people can go, well, this story's not done the club any favours. Everyone within football would have known that Paul Cook wanted them all out the door and their agents would have been going out there telling them that. So you've knocked the price down a little bit. Um, we said in the last pod that it, it can be a dangerous game when you're trying to give contracts to people and, and then sell them because you might not be able to sell the ball. And certainly you've weakened your hand and maybe this goes late, late into the transfer window. And how does that impact on pre-season when you've still got, you know, will they even be involved in 
in pre-season? Are you going to want a, a bunch of players that are, are really unhappy kind of knocking about and bringing down the mood of this kind of new camp that you're trying to bring together? So that that's going to be fascinating. Um, so we, we shall see. I mean, these some of these players have had interest before, but whether that transpires again now, I don't know. Mm. I mean, obviously, we talked before about Downs very heavily linked to a move away. Wolfenden being talked about as a potential £10 million player. But as you say, now anyone coming in is not going to offer anywhere near. Not a £10 million player now, far from it. Um, mm. you know, By his own admittance, he's had a completely average season this year. Flynn Downs is you know, a year on from Palace offering, what did we say that the, the bidding got to in the end? About, about two, two and a bit, not much two, more than that. Than two, so you know he's a year further into his contract now, having had a few injuries this year. So you can knock that price down uh, a fair bit now. And we're probably talking about Flynn Downs being their top sellable asset, probably. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, Dob- yeah. Dobra, they had a bid from Brighton for in January, which was in the sort of six-figure region, wasn't it? Um, which which they turned turned down. I mean, he's one that sort of surprised me quite a bit because the way he finished the season. And the way Paul Cook was talking about him having those sort of fighting qualities that the rest of the squad lacked, that that one's a bit of a surprise for me, I have to say, because he's not really associated with this. When we talk about this so-called culture of mediocrity, losing, Mm. whatever you want to call it, comfort, he doesn't really feel kind of associated with that. So to kind of chuck him into the mix as well was a little bit of a surprise for me, that Mm. one. And Lancaster as well. <clears throat> yeah, um, it's probably worth pointing out that Jack's Jack's been injured um, mm. over to, to end ended the season with a knee injury, which think thankfully isn't as bad as as anybody thought. I, I don't think any of them will will have trouble getting interest. There will be clubs interested in these players. I think, like like Stu said, it's whether whether that they are willing to pay what Ipswich perceive them to be worth. I think obviously we talked about Downs, and there was an incredible gap. Um, a year ago between what Crystal Palace valued him at and what Ipswich ultimately valued him at. Um, same with Andre Dezel. We've spoken on here before about Norwich interest in the past and, and the gap between what Norwich were willing to pay him and, and what Ipswich valued him at was um, was huge. Um, clearly those values are going to come down, uh, but it's just whether, whether Ipswich see enough enough value from these bids because I'm, I'm certain that each and every one of the, these five that we're mentioning here will have clubs will have clubs interested in them it just might not be the, anywhere near the fee that we might we might all think that they're worth yeah I look Do back you... on a few Paul Cook quotes sorry Mark I look back on a couple of Paul Cook quotes slightly differently now I asked him a few weeks back about the way you've been talking about these players Paul clearly you're going to have some of them are still going to be Ipswich players at the start of next season. And the way you've been talking, do you think that you're going to have their hearts and minds that they're going to be able to kind of come back refreshed and and wanting to play for you? And he just sort of, it was a very cryptic, vague, we'll, we'll see. Which, you know, you look back on that now and that's basically, I think, was his way of saying, maybe, maybe there won't be many of them coming back to play for me now. Mm. And, um, you know, he said after the last game of the season against Fleetwood that... I will only have players here that want to play for this football club. So there, there may have been a bit of a comment there before. We know Flynn Downs handed in a transfer request last summer. I'm sure there's players that are thoroughly fed up 
here as well because of everything that's that's gone on. And um, as I've said before, maybe maybe a fresh start is is best for them. I'm sure some of these players will go away and and do quite well, and there will be a sense of that. But could I? Are we at a point now where can you see some of them really kicking on with Ipswich as well? And so I can kind of see it from from both both points of view on on this one it maybe just feels like change is is good for everybody at this stage after the three plus years mm. of decline that this club has had it's going to be a big culture change isn't it because you're taking away a layer of a layer of the club say in a hypothetical scenario hypothetical scenario all of these academy players move on mm. Ipswich Town have had squads built using players from their academy for for, for for a long time, there's you kind of bleed through Luke Hyam, Tommy Smith. There's always been those around. You you remove that, and and clearly new players will be brought in. It's going to be it's going to feel very different, isn't it? In terms of the way that the the team has been built um, mm. for for a while, isn't it? And I, I I do wonder how that will will go down with with certain certain areas of the the fan base. It's 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 easier to support a team that's got. Um, so many of their own in it, yeah. but is it also easier to support a winning team, isn't it? And if you think yeah. that if he thinks this is the route to a winning team, then then that's a way to reboot this club as well. Um, this is the Paul Cook way of doing things. Yeah, it's, we've had plenty of homegrown players in the team over the last couple of years. It's not been easy to support them, that's for sure. Mm. It's um, you know, I love all all the lads the homegrown lads to bits when we've spoken to them, they're good lads and stuff, but it's not happened on the pitch, has it? And there has to be a point at some point where that has to stop. And I think they've been, they've been given all of them pretty fair crack of the whip. Now we're not talking about this just happening under Paul Cook's last few games. This goes back a little while now where we're going lots of potential, but they need to kick on. And there's only so often you can keep saying that, that for Um, Mm. another point I would make is that you can, I can agree with this sentiment that enough's enough now and it's time for the hard reset. I'm a little uncomfortable with the way it's kind of been done from day one and the the language that has been used. I think there may have been a more respectful way to do this, to say you've reached the end of your time here with Ipswich. It's not, it's, if it's not happened by now, it's not going to happen Clearly, some of you are good players, and I'm sure some of you will go on to to do good things. But it just doesn't feel like it's going to happen with Ipswich for you now. So it's best for you and us that maybe now is a parting of the ways territory, and that might have been a more respectful way to do it. And you might have even got a little bit more out of those last few games of of the season as well. So, um, yeah, I, I think some of the language used has, has been a little bit extreme. I think you could have reached this juncture where saying that. Respectfully, I think it's time that we we part ways without it having been done in in such a bru- brutal manner. Because um, if they don't all leave, it's going to leave you with with some potential little kinks to iron out and problems further down the line, possibly. Mm. It is interesting, isn't it, boys? Thinking back to the, the similarities with Paul Hurst. Paul Hurst had a similar approach when he came in, but his issue was it was at the start of a season and he came in all guns blazing. Whereas Paul Cook's come in at the end of a season and he's known he's had the ability to get rid of a lot of players, out of contract players. That's very similar. But Hutchie, as it was with Hurst, this is a really high risk strategy, isn't it? I mean, essentially telling the whole squad they're not good enough to play for him. That could backfire massively. A, if 
a lot of them don't end up leaving, you, then you've got a hugely under-motivated bunch of players. And we know before, motivation is an issue in this squad. They don't seem to be able to lift themselves. Um, and B, in terms of what you can bring in uh, and, and how that works. Yeah. yeah. Just, just talk about it a little bit as a, as a strategy for you. Yeah. Um, I think that the, the difference as well between between the two Pauls, Hurst and Cook, is that looking back on it, Paul, Paul Hurst come, had come from Shrewsbury and was saying those things to a squad that had just finished 12th in the championship, which in hindsight, and even in more than hindsight, was 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 a good achievement um, at that time. Yes, you have all the issues with Mick McCarthy in there, but this this is slightly different in that Cook is saying it to a to a group of players that have failed twice in League One. Um, mm. They they have done that. You can't escape that, can you? Mm. Paul Cook is Paul Cook is a, a three times title winning manager at, at these this sort of roughly this sort of level saying it to a group of players that are failing at this level. It was Paul Hurst coming in, who'd been manager of Grimsby and Shrewsbury and not played at a stellar level, telling it to players that had just come back from a World Cup and were earning 10,000 plus a week. So that that's the difference now. That that gap between manager mm. and, and players has, has changed a little bit. And you're right, Hurst was doing it right at the start of the season where Cook can say it and then still do something. And now he has the upper hand to be able to actually mm. do something about it. But it feels like this notion of maybe this being a double bluff and some of them come back and go, yeah, you're right, actually, no one did want me. You've brought me down a peg or two. I, I do want to be here. I've thought about it and now I'm going to give you 100%. I, that feels like a long, long road back for me now, given the, mm. the language that has been used. Um, yes, they're saying that they, they want to squeeze a few pennies out of these players and they won't just let them go on the cheap and there's no notion of sort of mutual terminations. But I wonder if that, that stance might soften if we get to the end of the transfer window and there's still a few that have been mm. knocking about. Because as we said, there's, there's not going to be a shortage of free agents about about this summer. And, um, you know, if it's a case of you can pay a little bit of money for some of these Ipswich players, or I think people might just hold their nerve and wait and wait mm. towards the end of the window and wait till the price comes right down, almost down to nothing on, mm. on some of them. It's worth noting as well that, that that Cook's done this before going into clubs, maybe not in quite the dramatic fashion. But if you look, if you look through the kind of the player turnover in his first summer at Wigan, he went in in the May, in May, and around twenty players left before the closure of the first transfer window. Looking through that list, it's it's slightly different in in terms of what that person level that personnel were at. But the same with Portsmouth as well. It's up into the high teens of, of player turnover in first transfer windows with new clubs. So it's something that he's it's something that he's done done before. Um mm. perhaps not with quite the strength of feeling um both from him and, and from the supporters towards the, the the players that are involved in it. Um, but it's not uncharted territory for him as a manager. Another point I'd make is when people saying about building a whole new squad from scratch, Blackpool and Lincoln have just finished in the playoffs in League One this year. Look at their turnover of players last year. Because of COVID, they virtually had to release their entire squads and they built their starting 11s. Their regular players were virtually all summer signings last year. And they've both just finished in the playoffs. And I'm sure there'll be huge turnovers of player players at clubs again this summer because of the after effects of COVID. We were looking at the out-of-contract list at Ipswich and thinking it was 
huge and must be bigger than every other squad in the land. And then we liaised with our League One counterparts who report on all the other clubs and, and they said, yeah, we've got lists into the 10s, 15s as well here as well. So um, Ipswich won't be alone in, in big rebuilds this, this summer. Um, and there's opportunity out there to pick up players. There'll be other clubs that are under pressure to sell because of COVID or release players because of that as well. So as Andy says, there's with risk comes potential big reward as well. And with, with the US money behind Ipswich as well, there's an opportunity to, to upgrade all over the pitch. And from what we're hearing, the targets are ambitious, really more ambitious than people are going to be expecting, I think. Didier Drogba. <laughs> <laughs> That's, you, can't, you can't say something sexy like that, Stu. Um, what are you, are you talking about? Uh, I can't throw any names out at the moment because they need to be... <clears throat> We need to do some more work on stuff like that. That this, this story will move on, and very quickly, the story about who's left and who is leaving will be replaced by the the sexier mm. stuff of of who the new people are coming in. And mm. I haven't been given loads of names, but the so I can't chuck those at you. But we've heard people like I've had conversations where I've said, you know, I've heard Waghorn's name being knocked about, Jordan Rhodes' names being knocked about, and people have gone. Yeah, that caliber and I dare to More. say higher, but just but just just a, a high level for where Ipswich are at League One. I don't want people to go mad here, but mm. the vibe we're getting from people is that they're setting the the targets high in terms of what what they're going to be trying to bring for League One football. The caveat mm. of that. Let's remember where Ipswich are at. Um, mm. um, you alluded to it there, Stewie. High risk with high risk. This is certainly high risk can come high reward, Hutchie. Um, if this pays off, this this could be spectacular, though, couldn't it? I mean, a lot of people I'm seeing on, on social media saying you can't just blow up everyone up, you can't get rid of everyone, that's never going to work. But it could. There are, there are as Stewie said, you know, Blackpool and Lincoln, they've done it. Um, yeah. So this could, think, be, this could be what town need. Yeah, I think if the season was a month longer, Blackpool would have won automatic promotion in the end. They were an absolute train. I, if I was... Putting my pound on the playoffs, um, they would be my, they'd be my pick for it. They started relatively slowly. I remember we obviously we were up there for the four-one victory that Ipswich had, and and they looked like a team of very good individuals that hadn't necessarily come together. Um, I think I'm right in saying that back back in their league one day, Sheffield United did something similar in terms of building a team from scratch one summer, and. I, mean, I can't quote you the exact numbers here, but Chris Wilder was in charge and. It started very slowly, um, mm. but look where they are now. Um, it take it might take a few weeks to come together, but if if you chuck if you chuck eleven good players together and coach them well, it shouldn't take too many weeks to get a team to get a team rolling. So um, high risk, high reward. Um, it, it could work. We could, we could be sat here in in six months thinking that what were we, what were we worried about with with these players move, moving on, look at the team that's been built and look, oh, we've they've built a fantastic first 11 and actually a few more academy youngsters have come up and that's helped them. It's this set a thing. standard. I mean, we've watched the FA Youth Cup last night and come away really enthused and proud about the, the players coming through. There's been a lot of excitement about some of the younger age groups that are now getting up towards under 18s level and being sort of on, on the cusp of things. So maybe this creates a bit of a, 
a pathway for, for the next wave to, to come through as well. Um, it will be a small squad that Paul Cook will work with. He always wants to work with tight numbers. So that maybe provides an opportunity for, for one or two of the, the next youngsters to kind mm. of be, be on the fringes of, mm. of things as well. But Because um, he's stressed, yeah, hasn't I, he? I, he? He stressed that too much responsibility on the young on the young players. And that's why we may be seeing 21 and 22 year olds being told they can move on and they're 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 all key parts of a first team. It's, he said that, hasn't he? Maybe a, a youngster's role at a football club really should be playing 10 games a season into a really good side. Mm. Mm. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it's something we've all said for a long time, probably all season pretty much, that something drastic needs to happen. We've mentioned nuclear option. Uh, wh- whatever you think about the severity of, of what's been said, one thing's for sure, it's happening. Things are happening. This is this is something we've not seen before at Ipswich Town. Um, and it's going to be very, very interesting to see how it plays out from here. Boys, is there anything else you uh, you want to mention on on the story before we uh, take our leave? We're just going over the half hour mark, which is the official mark of a mini pod before we stretch into a, a full pod. So is there anything else you want to you want to mention on this story before we um, get back to our days? Just that it's going to be a fascinating summer ahead. High high risk, potential high reward, potentially could, could blow up in everyone's faces. It, one thing is is going to be key is that Mark Ashton, who we haven't seen or heard from yet, doesn't officially start till June, has got a huge role to play. You've got a new chief exec coming in who's going to be driving things on day-to-day basis, surrounded by a lot of his trusted people that he's bringing across from Bristol City for the backroom staff. You've got Paul Cook surrounding himself with a few of his people on the coaching side of things. Those two departments have to work in synergy here now for this to work. If we're you know, if it's going to be a huge, huge transfer window, we've said this before, but this feels massive. And if we're building again from scratch, the first team coaching setup and and the the Ashton sort of new look um, camp, they have to work together. There can be no butting of heads here. Um, mm. This this has to work from day one and quite quickly because there'll be other clubs that have got all their ducks in a row at this moment in time and Ipswich can't be sort of scrambling at the back end of the window to kind of pull everything together because I'd worry then that you're chasing your tail a little bit. He will already be involved though, won't he, Ashton? I mean, I know he doesn't start until June the 1st, but there's no way a CEO comes into a football club and all this happens without him knowing about it. He's been meeting people and talking to people. Yeah, of course. I don't think we're revealing any big secrets Mm. there. The man's about to become the new chief executive of of Ipswich. He's not... uh, I, I imagine uh, he's not just going to come in on June first and go right. What's, what's right happening? then, <laughs> yeah. What's, yeah. what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. very much so. Anything else you want to add, Hutchie? No, no, not. I don't think so at this point. I, I just to say, I, I honestly think these young players could go away and have really good careers. Um, the two things don't have to completely add up. Like if it, it, they could move on and Ipswich could build a really good side. And for argument's sake, Luke Wolfenden could move somewhere and have a really good career, and that doesn't necessarily make the whole the whole thing wrong. If Ipswich get to where they want to go, and Luke Wolfenden, Andre Dazelle, Flynn Downs get to where they want to go, I think that is all kind of a win win for the football club as long as they can, as long as they get the fees that they want to help make things happen here at Portman Road. So um, it's going to be absolutely fascinating. We knew it was going to be fascinating, but not maybe not quite. 
maybe not quite this fascinating. It's all kicking off, isn't it? It's it's happening, KOA Army. It's happening. This is not a drill. This summer is going to be incredible. A cat is amongst the pigeons, or perhaps more accurately, a cook is very much among the pigeons. Just a reminder <laughs> to use get get twenty percent off and free delivery with the code KOA at manscaped.com. That's twenty percent off with free delivery with the code KOA at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Make your testes the besties. Make your nuts look the nuts. Here we go. It's all kicking off. The summer is officially started. Demolition Man is here, and you can follow it all with us. Apparently, we're going to pod every single day if this carries on, boys, and you can't have any holidays, I'm afraid. Bad news, but here we go. (laughs) Cook amongst the pigeons. Cook past Babtridge. It's just a a title. (laughs) There we go. I hope you enjoyed that, and we'll (laughs) we'll speak to you again next time. Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.